Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Bolton E-Bikes podcast. I am Kyle Chidock, your host and the owner of Bolton E-Bikes. And I have talked a lot about upgrading bikes over the last few years. I've put out videos about controller upgrades, battery upgrades, but I still get a lot of questions coming in asking, hey, can I increase the amp on this particular bike? Can I change the motor on this particular bike? And I just want to give you some baseline guideline type rules that you can follow to know, are these upgrades that you can do or not? So if you have any interest in upgrading your electric bike, then stick around. We're going to jump into it, answer some questions here and give you more knowledge about electric bikes. This episode is all about upgrading dues and don'ts, things you can or can't do to your electric bike. And I want to start with the most common question, which is about the battery. Many people email in or they message in, they schedule an appointment to call, and they want to know if they can change the battery on their electric bike. Sometimes they want to know if they can go up in voltage. Sometimes they want to know if they can increase the amp hours or the capacity of the battery. And so I'm going to start with the easier one of those two, which is the capacity. So many times people get amps, which is a measure of current or flow, confused with amp hours. Now, lithium ion batteries typically have a rating approached in one of two different ways. Most manufacturers, I would say, give you a voltage and an amp hour rating. So you have a 48 volt battery, for example, and maybe it is a 10 amp hour capacity. The other way to express the same exact information, but differently, would be to say that that is a 480 watt hour battery. Now, if you watch some of my videos or listen to previous episodes, you'll know that voltage times amp hours equals watt hours. So 48 volts times 10 amp hours equals 480 watt hours. Just two different ways to express the same thing. That's also a handy formula to calculate and compare different e-bikes on the market if they're advertising them differently. But amps are not amp hours. So amps, like I said, is the measure of current or flow, whereas amp hours is a measure of that current or flow over a certain amount of time. So we typically look at amp hours as a measure of capacity or range. Now, if we simplify this kind of an analogy similar to cars, think of amp hours like your fuel tank. Now you might think, can I increase the amp hours? Oh, that's a bigger battery. Is it going to cause more strain on the motor or is it going to cause strain on the motor controller? Is it going to burn anything out? So to make it really simple, think about it this way. If it's like the fuel tank on your car, would putting a bigger fuel tank cause more strain on your motor? Well, the answer is pretty obvious there. No, it just means, yeah, maybe it'd be a little bit heavier. True for the battery as well. But that just means you have more fuel. You can go further in between stops when you need to refill or in the case of an e-bike, you need to recharge. So there's no downside whatsoever it's not going to cause any harm to your bike to increase the amp hours. The only thing it's going to do is give you more range and it's going to also add some weight because the battery has to be physically bigger. 
So yes, you can definitely increase amp hours. Super easy upgrade to do. Basically, as long as the connections are the same, uh, you can plug in a different battery with a bigger amp hour capacity, assuming the voltage is the same. It's going to work. Now, there may be some rare, rare exceptions out there. Bionics was a brand that was kind of famous for this, where they had their own proprietary software in the battery and in the controller that had to talk to each other and communicate or it wouldn't work. But 99.9% of e-bikes out there aren't like that. And as long as it recognizes a voltage, basically it's going to work. That's all there is to it. The BMS or the circuit that's in the battery to protect things is all built into the battery. And it's not actually communicating anything to the motor controller. So yes, you can increase amp hours. Yes, you can get more range. No downsides to doing that. Aside from you're just adding some weight. Now the other half of the battery is the voltage. Now this is a little bit trickier and this can cause problems if you don't do it correctly. You see, let's say we take that same 48 volt battery. We're assuming this is a stock manufactured bike that is designed for 48 volts and we want to add some power. We want to make the bike go a little faster. As you increase voltage, you can increase the RPM of the motor on the bike. So you can get more speed and also you can get slightly more wattage out of a given setup, but you are going to push things a little bit harder. Now to understand how this could cause a problem, I think it's good to understand high voltage electricity, uh, kind of on a bigger scale, so you know what's happening on a really small scale because it's easier to grasp when you think of high voltage and what sparks. So imagine you have some AA batteries and you're putting them into a remote for your TV, right? Are you worried about those batteries sparking? No, definitely not. Like that's just not gonna happen. The voltage is too low. It's only one and a half volts on something like that. Go to your car battery with 12 volts. Is that gonna spark? Yeah, a little bit. Anything to hurt something? you know, it's not too much of a concern, right? Now, if you go up to AC 110 volts on an outlet, is that starting to spark a little bit more? Yes. You see, voltage is a measure of potential energy and the potential is greater and it can jump across gaps easier. So as you increase in voltage, the ability for a spark to jump across a resistance or an insulator, which in most cases is just dead airspace, well, the ability to jump across that gets greater and greater as you increase voltage, which is why you see high power lines so far off the ground. The individual lines are so far apart because they could literally jump several feet, you know, whereas on low voltage, that's just never going to happen. So if we take that on a small scale and we look at the components in an electric bike, in the motor controller, you have a circuit board in there, in your display, there's a circuit board. There are soldering joints and components that are very, very close together. So one possibility is that if you increase the voltage too much for what those components were designed for, you could possibly have some arcing or some sparking occurring where it shouldn't be. And obviously that can be bad and that can kill some components. Now, if we just take baby steps, sometimes we can get away with it. Most common example is going from a 48 volt battery to a 52 volt nominal battery. Now, when fully charged, those are going to be more like 54 volts and 58 volts. So, at maximum charge, 
there's about a four volt difference. Most cases, that's not enough to cause a problem. It usually works. Now, when people say, can I put a 52 volt battery on, you know, this random bike that I've never heard of, obviously I just have to say, I don't know, like it, I haven't tested it. It might work. It might not. And the reason I have to say that is because we don't know the details of the components inside. Often a limitation for the motor controllers is a capacitor because a very common rating for certain capacitors tends to be 60 volts or somewhere close to that. So if you go from 48 to 52 volt nominal batteries, like I said, you're, you're going from a maximum charge that's 54 up to 58. So you're getting a lot closer to that 60 volt maximum on that capacitor. Now, what happens if you go over the voltage on a capacitor? If you've ever worked in a electrical science class of any sort, uh, guaranteed someone in class has blown one of these up. <laughs> it sounds like a gunshot when they go off. They hook it up the wrong way or they put too much voltage to it and they blow up. They just boom and uh, everybody stares. <laughs> I've seen that happen, yes, in person many times. I was never the one who blew up the capacitor, thankfully, but somebody always managed to do that. And the noise and the sound and everything may not be the same on an e-bike, but the concept is the same. Some components can only take so much voltage and if you go too high, you could fry those pieces. So 48 to 52 volt, usually safe, can't guarantee it. If somebody else has done it and it works, then it's probably pretty safe to say that, you know, it's going to work on someone else's bike as well. Now, if you want to jump up to like 60 volts, then that's a whole different ball game. You're introducing a much higher voltage that most likely those components are just not going to work for the motor controller, the display, maybe even the motor itself may not be able to handle that voltage. And one thing I've seen on motors, if they get pushed too hard, you can actually physically see sparks flying between parts of the motors. It's pretty crazy. Obviously, that's not the most efficient way to run a motor. It's not going to last very long. So there you have it on the battery part of things. Can you upgrade the amp hours? Definitely. Can you upgrade the voltage? Maybe. It depends on the circumstance. If you want to go up to higher voltages like the 60 volts, you just have to be prepared to change out things like your motor controller display and all the other components to make sure everything is going to be compatible. Now, let's talk about the motors before we get into compatibility, because motors is the, I would say, the second most common thing that people are asking about. And they might say, hey, I've got a Hemiway bike. It has a geared hub motor and you know, it looks like a Bafang motor, but it's not a Bafang. But could I put a Bafang motor in the motor case? Now, I'm not saying this is exactly what the bike comes with today, but just as an example, uh, Electric XP or Electric XP, I should say, uh, is another one like that where it has a geared hub motor, not a Bafang motor. People are asking, can I upgrade the motor to something more powerful? And for the Rad Power bikes, they use a Bafang motor, a Bafang motor case. And so what we can do is actually pull the smaller motor that they come with and literally drop a bigger motor into the same case without relacing the wheel or spokes or anything like that. It makes it really convenient to upgrade the motor. If the motor is a different brand, basically that's not going to work. They're just not made to exactly the same specifications. Some of them are laid out completely different on the inside, even though they look really similar on the outside. So if it's the same brand, there's a chance that it might work. 
if you have the right, you know, axle width and a bunch of other factors. But if it's not the same brand, then generally speaking, no, it's not going to be compatible. The parts aren't going to fit that way. So that's the number one thing you need to be aware of. If you want to change your motor out, if it's a different brand, then you're really just going to have to either relace the motor to a new wheel or just buy a whole new motor wheel often is the cheaper solution and just swap the entire rear wheel out. But would you even want to change the motor in the first place? Well, let's use that Rad Power bike as an example. We pull the motor out. We install a new bigger motor. That bigger motor has a higher wattage rating. It has more copper windings inside. The magnets are bigger. Everything is bigger, should be more substantial, should provide more power, right? Well, sort of. (laughs) You see, it's capable of more power. It's capable of running cooler because it's bigger. It might run more efficiently, but is it actually going to change anything? And the answer is, if you just change the motor itself and nothing else on the bike, likelihood not. It's actually not going to be, in my opinion, enough of a difference to be worth it. So unless you had a motor that just died and you needed a replacement and that one happened to fit, I wouldn't recommend upgrading the motor by itself. And here's the reason why. We already talked about the battery and the voltage and how that kind of plays into the power aspects. Uh, But then we have the motor controller. And the motor controller basically tells the motor how much power it's going to get, how many amps of power are going to go through, how many watts are you going to get to that rear wheel. And if you don't change the motor controller, you're going to be limited to the same number of amps, the same number of watts. Basically, the controller is restricting that motor from performing the way that it could. So that's why I don't recommend changing just the motor in most cases, because if you're going to upgrade the motor, you should also upgrade your motor controller to take advantage of what the motor can do. Now, there are some exceptions. And one of those would be if you were changing to a different type of motor. Now, there's never a free lunch, as they say. There's always a trade-off. But let's say you have a geared hub motor, and it has more than enough torque. You live in a flat area with no hills, but you'd like to go faster. So you'd be willing to give up some of that torque on the low end in exchange for a higher speed on the top end. Could you do that by changing the motor? And the answer is yes. Yes, you could. One way to do that would be to buy a different motor that has a different internal winding. So it's set up for a different RPM based on the voltage it's fed. That's not very common to find one that's compatible in that way. But theoretically, that's possible. The other thing that is common and readily available would be a different motor that instead of a geared hub motor is like a direct drive hub motor. So a Bafang motor and and many others, they have a reduction ratio inside, meaning that every time the motor spins five times, sometimes it's a six to one ratio, but basically the motor spins five times in order for your wheel to spin once. And that gear reduction is where the, the torque comes from. And you can also get a physically smaller motor diameter to get the torque that you need to operate an electric bike. It's just how they're made. A direct drive, however, has a one-to-one ratio. The motor spins once, the wheel spins once. So not as much torque, but you can get a higher speed out of them on the same voltage or the same wattage or even the same motor controller. So a motor 
that's geared might max out at 25 miles an hour at 750 watts, but it might max out at 35 miles an hour on a direct drive, also on, 100, on 750 watts. So you could change the kind of the speed profile on your bike by changing to a different type of motor, but keeping the power fed to the motor the same. Now you could also do the opposite. Of course, if you had a direct drive and you want more torque, but you're willing to give up some top speed, you could swap that out for a geared hub motor. And that would require changing the whole rear wheel. So you're just changing the entire rear wheel motor, everything to do that. But you wouldn't have to change the controller or anything else on the bike. So that definitely is an option. But if you really want more performance all around, you have to upgrade the controller. That just, there's no way around it. You need to get more power to that motor and that controller is usually the limiting factor. Now, there are ways to open controllers up and modify them for more power. That's a little bit more advanced, I think, than the topic of this podcast needs to cover. But the thing you just need to know is that motors and motor controllers are not brand dependent. In other words, you could have a Bafang rear hub motor and it will work with a Bafang motor controller and it will work with a KT brand motor controller and it will work with a whole bunch of other motor controllers. As long as you have the right wiring or the right connections, you can make that work. Where things don't work, however, or play nicely, is when you go from the controller to a display. Those typically do need to be the same brand. So a Bafang motor controller needs to talk to a Bafang display or something designed specifically for a Bafang motor controller. Those two pieces need to communicate properly. Now on the plus side, that means if you know what you have, if you know you have a Bafang motor controller, this is different from the motor. This is just the motor controller. This is, for clarification, this is the box with wires coming out of it that's hidden somewhere on your bike. This is not the display up on the handlebars. This is the real brains of the operation. And if you have a Bafang motor controller, then just about any Bafang display will probably plug into that and work. That means there's a whole bunch of options for color displays and smaller displays and a bunch of different things that will work with that and are compatible. But if you try and plug in a KT or Katung brand display to a Bafang motor controller, it's not going to work <laughs> for two different reasons. One is there is a certain communication protocol that has to be set up correctly between those two devices. The second thing is the plug itself probably just isn't going to be the same. Even if it looks the same, it's probably not going to have the same wiring pinout and they're not going to communicate. That's why when we sell the Rad Power upgrade kits, it comes with both a motor controller and a display because it is a different brand than what comes stock on the bike. And we went with a different brand because it has more programmability, more flexibility. You can do a lot more with it, but you have to replace both parts to make that work. So make sure that your parts and your components are compatible with each other. So if you are wondering, hey, I have this you know, random bike. I don't know what kind of controller it has, but can I use your KT color display that you sell on it? That's why I have to say no. If it was a KT brand controller, then the answer would be yes, as long as it's got the right plug, because they'll manu manufacture it with different ways. And in theory, you could cut the plugs off and rewire it and it would be all compatible. 
But that's something to be aware of that if you've got the same brands, then you have a good chance that everything is going to work together nicely. There are some rare exceptions to this rule as well. And usually people are aware of what those are. An example would be Saunders. They did not like people making aftermarket displays that worked on their bikes. So they got KT to make a special version for them where the communication protocol was different. So you had to buy the display from them. So we found some workarounds by providing other pieces to make it work. Uh, But generally speaking, that's not the case. Most people are not locking their bikes down, trying to make them proprietary in that way. I hope that they get away from that. And I've said this in previous episodes, you know, it would be amazing if we had basically the same batteries on every bike that was out there. It'd bring down the cost of the batteries. It'd make upgrades and compatibility easier. Do I think it's going to happen? No, (laughs) but I'm at least going to try it on the bikes that I sell. I'm going to try and make the bikes that I offer have batteries and components and things that are readily available. So if you want to upgrade things, you can. And part of the reason for that is because I don't think you should have to buy a new bike every two years. You know, these are not cell phones. These are things that you should be able to hang on to for a long time. Keep them up to speed, you know, upgrade them over time with new batteries, new controllers, new displays as new things come out. And bikes are going to keep changing quickly. But hopefully this little lesson here today gives you some information on how you can upgrade your bike and what you can or can't do. Now, when it comes to the rest of the components, such as brakes and things like that, I do have other episodes about that. So if you haven't heard those, I've got a great one where I go into all the nitty gritty details about the different kinds of brakes and what can be installed on electric bikes. You can go check that episode out. And if there's something that I missed or something you have questions about, then make sure to send us an email and maybe we can cover that in a future episode. Thanks again for listening. If you're not on our email list for new podcast episodes, make sure to go to ebikepodcast.com and sign up. Once again, that's ebikepodcast.com. And of course, if you are ready for an electric bike, you can always check out what we have to offer at boltonebikes.com. Once again, I'm Kyle Chittock, the owner of Bolton Ebikes, and thank you for listening. Thank you.